The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. This is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. WMVP. WSHE. HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. It is a very important offseason for the Bears. I do want to share with you some of what Theo Epstein had to say oh, yeah. on Captain Jay Hood earlier this morning in regards to some of the new Major League Baseball rules that they will be adopting this season. I was listening to Captain Jay Hood right before Theo came on. Then my dog darted inside after her walk, and then I, I missed it. So I'm looking so, yeah, forward to hearing. Is, well, this is going to be perfect for you. Then we'll let you know. We'll let you hear what Theo Epstein had to say with the guys earlier today. We'll talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball rules. Do want to clean up some of these calls though in regards to what we were talking about about the Bears, about Justin Fields, and can he uh, attain the heights that Jalen Hurts did in the Eagles' offense these this past season? Let's start though with Jimmy on the North Side who wants to know what the Bears' offseason wide receiver plan is. Jimmy. You're on with the birthday boy, Tom Waddle, and Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. What's up, Meller? Happy birthday, dude, to you, Waddle. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Hey, guys, about the NBA All-Star game real quick. I don't know if anybody caught that uh, B-list celebrity, um, you know, a retired basketball or retired uh, NBA player game on Friday, but that's a watch. That's a must-watch. I did not um, see anything. Oh, well. You, you missed you missed something phenomenal. Um, real quick on the Justin Fields talk, um, you know, let me ask you a question: Was his progress last year on an upward trajectory? Trajectory for uh, Fields? Yeah. Yes. 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 Right. And you know, one thing I think that is getting overlooked, and I, I saw this video on YouTube that was like 15 minutes long, like about the best escapes from the pocket for quarterbacks, right? And it was literally Fields, Mahomes, Fields, Mahomes, and then Jalen Hurts. But the reality is, is the guy can um, not only run, but he can get out of the pocket. And I think he can throw as well. And you know, you know, he he had the uh, the nads to go to that Super Bowl and answer questions uh, to the media. And you know, Rich Eisen um, asked him twice, "Have the Bears been in contact with you since the end of the season?" And, I mean, granted, it could be some elaborate bluff um, for him to say no, but he did say no twice. Amidst all these rumors, um, you know, I think Fields, you know, sh- should be a little bit in the loop. Um, but, you know, while this all this uh, quarterback talk goes on, what's really going to chat my ass is if a top five or top ten wide receiver gets dealt and the Bears don't. Uh, get a get a um, a look on that because I mean really what are we doing we're creating holes for ourselves where they're not needed it's kind of like the David Montgomery situation as well I think but um, you know, I mean I, I just think that you know, th- this whole talk whether it's real or not might be might be uh, distracting us from the real goal. Well, I mean, look, this is what we do. This is what we talk about these things. I don't know if it's if it's distracting anyone up at Hallis Hall. They're doing their due diligence, and they should. You know, they should not be 
They should not be collecting the collective thoughts, opinions, and desires of Bears fans. They should be doing their job. Whether it coincides with what Bears fans want collectively or not is inconsequential. I look at, too, that, you know, Jimmy brought up the wide receivers and trying to land a top five or top ten wide receiver. I think last offseason was unique. There were a lot of really good wide receivers who changed teams last year and were traded for lots of draft capital. I I think part of the – because you had – Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams all moved in the same offseason. I think the likelihood of seeing, and and then you had uh, Terry McLaurin sign a long-term deal with Washington. I think it's, I'd be surprised. It's a good question. Was it, is is that the norm? The answer to that question is no. Yeah. Is it an anomaly? Or like, go the year before, how many... I mean, we had wide receivers were moved. I know Stephon Diggs was was moved. That was a couple of years ago. I would say this to Jimmy, like... I'm comforted by the fact that they have cap space and they have draft picks. Yes. They've got money to spend and they've got draft currency. So if a player like like Diggs would become available, they've got to be in the they've got the capacity to be in the mix. And whether you believe in Justin Fields or not, if you're Ryan Pulse, you still believe in quality wide receivers. Sure. So whether you 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 move forward as you and I would both agree they should do with Justin or they decide to pivot and go else, you still need to surround whoever your quarterback is with better players. So I don't have any concern that they're, they have assets for that. I would assume that they also have the appetite for a difference-making wide receiver if, in fact, that guy became available. And if you look at the two names that I have seen discussed, one we've talked about, T. Higgins, seems unlikely. We've both talked about how we don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be looking to trade away T. Higgins. Now, maybe they look at their finance of their financial situation and determine that, yes, they can't pay both Chase, Burrow, and continue to keep him. So maybe there could be a scenario where the Bengals would consider trading him, but I don't think it's likely. If I was the Bengals, I'd be doing my best to keep yeah. those three players together as long as possible I'm in their prime. You. Think about it, too, because I've always said, look, you, you've got to have the quarterback, obviously, but you've got to have two guys that yeah. can threaten defenses. They're either a tight end and a receiver, two receivers. It's great to have one. It's fantastic to have, but if you can have two guys, like I've, you search for that guy. And and look at it too. It, it really helps too. Chase is so dynamic. He is a really good route runner. He is explosive. T. Higgins is that big body you look to, yeah. and you know, so having those different body types too to complement each other is a really nice situation that the Bengals have. So I don't Look, see he's why he's a number one wide him. receiver for 15 teams in this league. Yeah. But at the same time, as good as he is, I don't think he's not, I, I, I can't be sure that he would be AJ Brown or Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. When all those guys were moved, I was convinced that they were clearly going to be the number one wide receiver. T. Higgins would be the number one wide receiver for the Bears. But it, but whatever cost you're going to have to pay to entice the Bengals to trade him away, I think that might be a little bit prohibitive. Prohibitive. The other player who I've heard often mentioned a lot is Jerry Judy. I'm not convinced at all that Jerry Judy is the wide receiver that all the other guys we just listed yeah. are. He's not in T. Higgins' class, no, in my opinion. I agree. So I would be reluctant to trade for someone like Jerry Judy. And so if that's the case, if you're the Bears, if that wide receiver is not available, then you're probably better off just saying, let's continue to build up the roster 
And maybe we can trade down if we trade that number one overall pick, if we're going to build around Justin Fields. Maybe we can land somebody like we've talked about a lot, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be available in next year's draft. Or maybe a guy like Zay Flowers you can grab you know, in you know, in the later in the early second round, if you want to move up for him, but I don't know. You know, I think you're probably better off trying to find that guy in this year's draft. I don't know if he's going to be available. Look, you've already traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool, so you've gone that route. Yeah, you got you're him invested. in front of you're this. Committed. With yes. Him. If another guy becomes available, I would expect them to be the part be a part of the group that would be in contention for for trading for that player. I think that it's more likely that they will add via free agency in the draft at the position, knowing that Darnell Mooney is coming back. You've already traded for Chase Claypool. I'm just guessing that that's the route they go. I find it hard to believe that the Bengals would move away from T. Higgins. You know, you've actually heard some whispers that Joe Burrow is going to get paid, yes, but he may take a uh, Tom Brady-type approach to this, leaving a few bucks on the table to make sure that others around him get paid as well so you can keep all of these guys truth be told i think they'd much they'd they'd be the Bengals be much more likely to cut ties with someone like joe mixon yes and the cap salary because because yes, he makes 10 million dollars a year and running back is as we've talked about, totally so much more replaceable so if anything if you're the Bengals, you keep those two wide receivers together and and you let boyd go yeah um as a free agent and you're more likely to cut ties with mixon if you need to find some cap room let's try Fair. devin who's in florida hey devin you're Fair. on waddle and sylvie miller and for sylvie today yeah this is uh devin um I just want to talk about the idea of this, like, of Mike Tannenbaum saying we need to reset the rookie QB contract and why like, that's, like, the holy grail of, like, how to win a championship. So I went back and I looked at, like, the last 10 years of Super Bowl champions. So if you look at this year, it was the Chiefs, not a rookie deal. The year before that, Los Angeles Rams, not a rookie deal. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, definitely not a rookie deal. The year before that, it was the Chiefs, and they had a rookie deal, but it was still Mahomes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the reason why they won. Then it was back to New England. Then Philly it was kind of weird. It was a rookie deal, but it wasn't even Carson Wentz playing. Correct. Then New England, Denver, New England, Denver, New England, and then the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's where the myth kind of started because they had like a perfect storm of like a third round QB with like a Legion of Boom defense where they won, and then the moment he got paid, they didn't win again. So that's why everyone thinks that you can only win on a on a rookie QB deal. But even before that, it was Baltimore and the Giants. None of those guys had rookie deals. So in my head, I'm like, if, I don't mind if you take a QB because you think that guy is legitimately better. But if you're doing it just to reset the rookie clock and it means that you're going to somehow win a Super Bowl, it's like, well, show me the evidence, like, how this is a consistent thing that works. Like, Well, I, I would say this, Devin. First of all, Justin's on a rookie deal. It is definitely more advantageous for your team building to have your quarterback still in their first contract. Because the quarterback is eventually, as Yurko says, is going a good quarterback is going to take up 20% of your salary cap. So to have a quarterback on a rookie deal is more desirable. I think, listen, I don't agree with Tannenbaum's approach. I just look at it differently in terms of the evaluation of the players. But at the core of Tannenbaum's point isn't the reset of the contract. That's a bonus. The point that he makes to you, and he'll say it a thousand times, is he believes that Bryce Young's upside, yeah. like McShay, his ceiling is higher than Justin's. The being able to reset the rookie contract for two years is just icing on the cake Absolutely. for these guys. Yeah, it's 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 
it's the ancillary bonus that you get with a quarterback who they believe is who both Tannenbaum and Todd McShay believe could eventually be better than what Justin Fields right. is right now. And you know, I think that's that's where you start to have you know a, a actual conversation about differing views about who Justin Fields can be. If you don't, if you think there's you know, a ceiling that you're limited to with Justin Fields as your quarterback, then then yes, it, it makes a lot more sense to say, hey, not only am I getting a guy who I think could be better, but also, by the way, I get an additional two years to start building the roster around him where I don't have to worry about paying my quarterback. So that's where it comes into play. Listen, when you go into courts, you, you know, you build the greatest case you can. Yeah. And his evidence that he's presenting to the NFL court is, is A, I believe that this kid coming out of Alabama has a higher ceiling than the Bears quarterback. And oh, by the way, there is a financial benefit to you as well. And so it's kind of a two-pronged approach that he is he's you know, I, parading around. And part of it, too, is let's not ignore they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, lost the Rams. They had right. Joe Burrow. On the rookie deal, right? So I think that's part of it too. You had you you have currently you have Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract. Yes, and le- he was the the quarterback for the losing team in the Super Bowl this year. So yes, even though teams may not have won the Super Bowl, there's been a lot of teams who have been able to get to the Super Bowl. And um, look, it, there's no there's no question you can if you can have a rookie difference making rookie quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie contract, it it is tremendously beneficial. Because when you have to pay that quarterback, instead of paying him five or six or eight million dollars a year, you're now talking, you know, thirty million, forty million dollars for some of these contracts, which is totally restrictive in terms of your team building. So if you can do this while your quarterback's on a rookie deal, it is. Yeah, there's a lot of good that comes with that. Yeah, because what happens, too, then, is you get to the place where you have to pay that quarterback who you were able to go deep with into the playoffs on that rookie deal. And then all of a sudden, that same quarterback who you were so sure was your franchise guy, his play has to elevate. He has to make everybody around him better because... Some of the players who helped get you deeper into the into the playoffs are no longer going to be there because they're cap, cap casualties. Let's go to James, who's in Jefferson Park. Hey, James. Hey, what's up, guys? James. I love your show. Thanks, hey, listen, man. I'm not an expert, and you guys are the pundit, but I'm, I'm thinking you guys got to get your collectively head out of your you-know-what <laughs> because you cannot compare quarterbacks. Philly had the number one offensive line, as far as I've heard everybody say and the Bears have a sieve for an offensive line. How can you compare quarterbacks like that? The Bears need to give him protection. He's the best quarterback since I don't know that I've been watching for the Bears. And the Bears aren't going to go anywhere until the McCaskies and like the, like the Bulls uh, and the Cowboys, which is my other team, get rid of their ownership because they've all been rebuilding since forever. I'll listen to you guys. Well, so um, well, I, here, let me. I, and maybe it was because my head was up my ass that I sounded like my voice was muffled when I said that you're comparing apples to oranges because one team but, had the best offensive line in football and the other team didn't. But that's what we're going to do because everybody says the blueprint that the Bears lo- should be looking at is the Philadelphia Eagles. I agree. You want to know why it's a great blueprint? Because. One through fifty-three, the Eagles probably have the most talented roster in all of all of football. So I think that's a great blueprint to follow. When you can put the most talented roster on the field, you're going to be in good position. The thing is, 
the explosive plays, the highlight reel plays that Justin Fields showed us this past season, they're awesome, right? They're fun. It's undeniable what he's capable of. The problem, or not, what you have to get to is, can you say all those great things that he's capable of on the football field? Can he give you some consistency if Ryan Poles does his job and puts better football players on the roster? That's what... That's the approach Ryan Poles needs to assess and come to a conclusion on, and hopefully he's right about it, right? And that's why everybody's asking the question, how much how much better can Justin Fields be as a quarterback? Yeah, nobody's made an apples-to-apples comparison to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's just... But the reality is, all of sports, there is no apple-to-apple comparison. It's well, never right now, be no, that. that's what right? I mean. So when people ask the question, can Justin play the position the way that Jalen Hurts played this year... Because of a similar style, the answer has always been by everyone, well, he can as long as he has a roster that is that is somewhat in the same ballpark of what the, the Eagles are putting out there. So I'm not sure what the caller was talking about. Here, let's take another apples to orange comparison here, right? Daniel Jones, we brought him up a little bit. He, You brought it up in Waddle's world. He is changing agents. agents. He's moving from, he was previously a client of CAA, he's moving to the players first, I guess, uh, uh, agents agency, and he is unhappy with apparently what the Giants were discussing. I guess he's looking for, according to Mike Florio, as much as forty-five million per year. That is a significant number. We've heard that that is in the range of what Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are likely looking at, as he is a free agent this off season. And so I wonder, Daniel Jones, if the Giants move forward, there is conversations that they may franchise him, and if they do that, they would it would likely cost them a little bit more than $32 million per year. And that would mean that they no longer are going to be able to put the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Now, Saquon Barkley, if he were franchised, that would be a little bit more than $10 million per year. If Saquon's not franchised that would make him a free agent we've talked about the running back not being a position you want to put a lot of assets in Waddle if Saquon Barkley becomes a free agent we've I'll talked a little bit about this on this show I'm not I'm not you're not in 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 on that at all for the Bears no I'm not going to spend that kind of money on a running back at all ever no um listen I have less of a problem with you drafting one you know, like the end of the first round or the second round for a guy's a difference maker. But I think what we have found watching the game for years now is something that, you know, a lot of people have talked about. Isaiah Pacheco was a difference maker. Now, again, it it helps that, you know, his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, but you can find guys that you don't need to break the bank for at that position that can get the job done. So, I mean, I'm not... Not looking to 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 pay one of my running backs in excess of ten or twelve million dollars a year. I'm just not. So the I can put that money in my offensive line. I put it in my defensive line. I can put it in my pass rushers. I can just put it somewhere else. Since two thousand nine, the leading rusher in the for the Super Bowl winning team and their their base salary has not exceeded two and a half million dollars. 
Isaiah Pacheco, as Wilde just mentioned, was the Chiefs leading rusher. He was a rookie. He made 870K this year. Last year, Cam Akers made 890K. The year before that, Leonard Fournette made $2 million. Damien Williams was the Chiefs leading rusher. We saw him in Chicago for a year. He made a little over a million dollars. Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle did it in 2018. He made 480K. LeGarrette Blunt did it for the Eagles in 2017, made 900 k LeGarrette Blunt was the leading rusher for the Patriots in 2016. He made 760 k that year. C.J. Anderson made a little over half a million dollars for the Broncos in 2015. LeGarrette Blunt again in 2014, 730. Percy Harvin was the Seahawks' leading rusher. He was a receiver. He made $2.5 million for the Seahawks that year. Ray Rice made $2 million for the Ravens when they won it. Ahmad Bradshaw made $1.5 million in 2011. James Starks. Did it for the Packers when Aaron Rodgers won his lone Super Bowl. He made 320K. And then Pierre Thomas, the local kid, made 460K for the Saints in 2009. I mean, this is all you need to know about asset allocation at the running back position, I think. Well, this year, I mean, look at the top of the list. These are all fabulous players that are rushing totals. Josh Jacobs led the league, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley. The top four guys... uh, Las Vegas, Tennessee, Cleveland, and obviously Barkley played for the Giants. None of them hoisted a trophy. Miles Sanders was fifth this year with 1,269 yards. And my guess is, is Miles Sanders' contract is not something that would oh, no. pop your eyes. Well, he, he was on a rookie deal, and Miles Sanders right. will be a free agent in this offseason. And guess what? I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be just paying think, a whole lot of money for him. I think that this team in this condition, I would much rather take all of that money and put it in the trenches on both sides of the ball than to pay a running back. I just wouldn't. I mean, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, and you know what? I'm not saying you don't need a quality running back. You do. But to pay a, a running back in excess of $10 million a year it just isn't. It's not what I would be interested in right now if I was Ryan Pohl. So I brought this up back in November. I mentioned that I thought Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley could be two players who, just based on the running back market, might be worth players that the Bears should explore in free agency. But what I, that list I just read, right? Even though I think the Bears do need difference-making players on the roster and it would be great to add a blue-chip running back, I've also come around to the realization that that money that they, they they're going to have available with the most money in free agency they just they would be better served putting it in the trenches you know and utilizing it elsewhere because there are so many holes on this roster even though it would be fun at the introductory press conference to be having a guy who everybody is aware of because of fantasy football with Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. The truth is that the Bears will be better off in the long run yeah. if they forego that expense and find a guy in the draft. You know, finds you know whether and and again, same thing for David Montgomery. I don't think David Montgomery bringing him back for anything more than the veteran minimum would be prudent business. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, you can find guys. I I think that this this running back crew. I like David. David's a hard plays hard, good teammate. Hard worker. I think he's a good running back. Uh, will actually be a willing participant in, in blitz pickup. Not a great receiver, but not someone I'm going to break the bank for. So if you move on from him, you know, Khalil Herbert's a nice runner, but he doesn't protect the quarterback well and is not a plus receiver. So 
like, look, you can find a different combination where I think what Kansas City has done, and again, it helps that you have Patrick Mahomes. He makes everybody better. But you get Jarek McKinnon, a, a, a veteran who's a fantastic receiver out of the backfield. You get Isaiah Pacheco, who can run the ball. Like, you can do that by committee. Like, I just don't think this team needs a, a workhouse, a, a workhorse, rather. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the Eagles have done it that way, too. I mean, Miles Sanders was the fifth-leading receiver in the league this year, but they had other guys that they would they would pop into that sure. that spot. So, um, no, I'm not uh, – look, Saquon Barkley's a great great player. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I actually like Josh Jacobs better than I like Saquon Me Barkley. Too. But I'm not going to spend in excess of $10 million a year on that position when my team has so many holes, so many needs. Like, look, if you're the 49ers and you want to add Christian McCaffrey's contract – but your your team is stacked across the board. That's a better argument than the one you have up at Lake Forest right now. It's a great point with it. Yeah, with this offensive line, really, even if you put a great running back, like how much can you really impact a game with a great running back if there's no holes for him to run through? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you'd like to jump in on the conversation, it's Monday, which means we give you our weekend recap Ooh. inside the good, the bad, the dirty. Next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. The good. It's gone! Oh my God! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely the dirty. I'm talking about nasty. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The good, the bad, the dirty, our weekend recap inside Waddle's world. Waddle, Waddle and Sylvie, excuse me. Every Monday during the show, I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. I share my world with everybody. Yes, it's, we're always living in it. It's, it's Waddle's world. We're just living in it, right, buddy? Yeah, I All guess. Right. If you say so. Um, we go around the room, check in with Tyler Aki and Charlie Bevins, who is in for me since I'm in for Sylvie today. And we all share what we think is good, what we think is bad, and what we think was dirty this past weekend here on ESPN 1000. Waddle. Would you like to start us off? Yeah, my good us- was the uh, the Northwestern Wildcats last night. A beatdown on Iowa by 20. 80 to 60 was the final. Take that, Danny Lynch. Uh, Northwestern, uh, well, five in a row. Too. Was he? Yeah, he, oh, he was in attendance. Oh, 6% yeah. from three in the first half. That's great. Now the the fighting line I had the orange crush, right? And that what is Correct, the what yeah. is the Iowa group of fans? What is do they have a name for their crew? I no, their fan group. No, know. they don't have anything like no. that. I just know they do the wave at the the hospital, but that's it. I know that as well, which is great. But I didn't know if they had like a they traveling do. Let me look. fan section. The if Danny's listening, send. Oh, for Iowa, you mean? Yeah, gotcha. But anyway, uh, Northwestern five in a row. They're now twenty and seven. I believe they're eleven and five in the conference. So uh, a good story keeps getting better. My good is the Northwestern what? men's basketball team. They're the Hawks' nest. The Hawks Nest. Mm-hmm. Excellent. What, um, what is the expectation for Northwestern? Like, this is the one. It, this the one thing with college basketball is when the expectations have been raised a little bit. 
is do the Wildcats need to do more than just a berth, obviously, in the tournament? Because that obviously seems very, very likely at this point. You'd be surprised well, if they don't get it. I guess uh, as the uh, the basketball expert on the show, the college basketball expert on the show, mm-hmm. I don't want to hog all the info, so I'd probably defer to Tyler and say, hey, listen, if in fact this is a team that is expected to win a tournament game because they continue to get better, and then they go into the tournament and they lose in the first round, then that would be... A disappointing that season, would be right? A significantly yes. disappointing like, end to what has been a very fun ride for the last several weeks. Well, like as of today, they'd probably be a five or six seed. So we're talking in the territory of if you lose, you're getting upset in the first round. Exactly. So, and even if you're if you're a four or five seed, you know the hope is I think that you get to the second weekend. And they're an older team, too. Older teams generally do better in the tournament. So, yes, losing in the first round would be disappointing this year for Northwestern. Pretty, uh, got a decent game going on tonight, too, with good Kansas and TCU. A couple uh, highly ranked teams on ESPN Look at tonight. You. Will you be dialed, dialed into college hoops? Well, you know, when Will your chain- wife let you watch an episode of Without Better her? Call Saul? Uh, yeah, well, you know, since uh, she's. Oh, that may be busy. my dirty, is that, that, right, you, don't, right. that you, don't, you don't get a chance to watch hey. one of your favorite shows. We'll get into. Anyway. I'll save. I'll save it for your dirty. All right. My good this weekend was Mac McClung winning the slam dunk contest, putting on the show. The six foot two G leaguer for the Philadelphia 76ers was awesome. Kudos to him for hitting all his dunks too, without having to go to a second. That's what I really enjoyed. And he was also very humble in the post game with uh, Adam Lefko on TNT. Kenny said, one, a yep. star has been born, and two, you have saved the dunk contest. Can I get you to commit to doing the dunk contest again next year? I got you. If you guys will have me, I'll be back. We want Mac McClung back. Give it up. AT&T slam dunk champ, Mac McClung. Thought it was pretty cool of him to uh, go ahead and commit to the dunk contest next year and do so in a very humble fashion. Kudos. My good was Mac McClung winning the dunk contest this past weekend. My good from the weekend occurred yesterday at 2.14 p.m. I see a call coming onto my phone. It was Yurko. I got a call what? out of the blue from Yurko yesterday. I'm Come thinking, on. all right, this is one of two things. This is a butt dial or this is a union grievance. <laughs> and, uh, and I answer it. I'm going, Yurko, what's up? And he goes, hey, kid, it's Yurko. I'm like, yeah, I know, Yurko, what's going on? He's like, I need to pick your brain on this college basketball stuff right now. And so we talked for like five minutes, and he just wanted the lay of the land in college basketball. He's like, give me your top four teams right now. Not not the AP, not anything else. What are your top four teams? So Why, Yurko what, did, I, what did he have a presentation in front of someone? And he's he just needed- trying to get the lay of the land right now. And I was there to, to help him out. So Yurko giving me a call at uh, two in the afternoon yesterday out of the blue. I don't think Yurko's ever called me before. I've worked with him now for a little over three years. I don't think he's ever called me before. The but whole time you were talking to him, were you expecting like another, sh- you know, shoe to drop that something else he was going to say, no, oh, no, and no. by the way? No, I never, okay. never, because th- like it makes like this is what you, this is what Yurko is. That's who he is. That's a, he just sometimes is curious. And he wanted to know what's happening in college basketball. So Interesting. that's uh, that's my good I from the weekend. Like Made Yur- my weekend. Yurko's putting together his early power sheets for his Calcutta. And so he wants to make sure that he's got all the information he, he needs. And uh, who better to help him out than Tyler Aki? Charlie Bevins 
What do you got for your good this past weekend? Yeah, we talked uh, briefly a, a bit about it, but uh, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard here winning a three-point contest. He's somebody who's kind of meant a lot, meant a lot to me as a fan and, you know, kind of knowing that he's probably like he's never going to get a ring in Portland. It's just nice to see him win things in general. All right. Nice. Uh, my bad. Moving to the bad. Yeah, my bad. Uh, you, um, look, the, the story with Jonathan Taves is not a good one. It's bad. Obviously, he released a statement Sunday afternoon, I believe it was. Was it Sunday afternoon? Yes. Uh, first yes. of all, thank you to all the fans and all of those who have shown concern about my absence. I'm still dealing with the symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. It has been really challenging to play through these symptoms. In the last few weeks, it has reached the point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on getting healthy. I am thankful for the patience and support of my teammates, the coaching staff, and the entire Blackhawks organization. Obviously, you, you feel for him. Uh, it's a bad situation. And, um, you know, here's hoping that he starts to feel better soon, for sure. Yeah, no, truly a bummer. And he, uh, you know, he's been dealing with just so much for so long now. And um, for him to, you know... Come out with this news. It's just a, it's just a bummer. I'm hoping he gets well and figures it out because he's been such a a great captain for this Blackhawks team and the organization for such a significant period of the organization's history. So um, just a, just a bummer for him to have to yeah. uh, deal with this right now. Hopefully he can find some solution and get better soon. But yes, it's a bummer all the way around. My bad waddle is not not the White Sox signing of Elvis Andrews, which I do actually like. My bad though is that the my favorite baseball team that I root for has put me in a position where I am applauding the Elvis Andrews move on February 19th yesterday when they announced it because the alternative of Rami Gonzalez being your starting second baseman is not a good position to be in. And so even though signing him to a $3 million deal and hopefully solving this the huge hole they had at second base is a good move. I'm disappointed on a whole as to where they're at or as an organization. It's bad right now. that they're toying with your emotions to the point where you're applauding yeah. this it's, signing, but it's on the basis of what you were left with, which was inexcusable. Yeah. It's it it's not great right now as a White Sox fan. What do you got, Tyler? My bad. The, the All-Star broadcast yesterday, yep. um, starting with the draft, there was a hot mic from Shaq, from Kenny, was that, from so, Charles. Was, was that intentional? Well, here's the thing. Even if it was intentional, at a certain point, you still have to turn their mics off because, like, Ernie was introducing the draft and, like, how the format was going to go and all that stuff. And he's laying out everything. But then you hear Shaq, Kenny, and Charles in the background talking about things. Um, so that was bad. And then I, I ended up watching the the, uh, the Inside the NBA broadcast, which was on TBS instead of TNT, which was the main broadcast. Um, and like I, I liked listening to those guys talk during the game. But there was one point where they went to a mic'd up Tyrese Halliburton. But Halliburton, he wasn't wearing an earpiece. I don't even think he was supposed to. It wasn't like a back and forth thing. It was just a mic'd up. Yeah. We're going to go live to Halliburton mic'd up. He didn't say anything for two minutes, and they just let it go. He was just running up and down the floor. He even made a shot. He made a three from the corner, I believe. He made a shot and still didn't say anything. <laughs> he was silent for almost two minutes, and then he goes to the 
he had just missed a shot. He gets pulled out of the game and goes, yeah, I'm done shooting for the night. That was the only thing you heard for the entirety of the two minutes. Sounds like I didn't miss anything by not tuning into any of it. No, you did not. Charlie, what do you got for your bad? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the first weekend without football, man. Yeah, it sucks. That's, good. that's a good bad. It sucks. Like yeah. it's it, it was so weird waking up on Sunday and just not... You know, not having something to structure the day around. <laughs> I uh, I started my show on Sunday with Brian Hanley saying we're 200 days away from the start of the 2023 NFL season. Yeah. That's how I felt. All right. You want my dirty? I would love your dirty, Since Tom. I am uh, all things hockey at this moment, and why wouldn't I be? The NFL season's done, as uh, Charlie was saying, and the NBA's at the All-Star break. Another hockey thought for you. Kaner with a hat trick. Yesterday's win over the Maple Leafs yeah. uh, is pretty dirty, isn't it? You are kept when hockey. When Kaner can put three biscuits in the basket. And and, and, on and a helper. Assist. How about that? And for, a helper, for five Ma- points. For Max Domi's empty netter, that would be four points. Four points, yes. I mean. <laughs> That's right. Forgot it, that he had four goals, no not worries. three. Three goals and an assist. Uh, bring his season total to 14. Do wonder if this means he will catch the eye of some potential... NHL contenders, maybe just maybe the Dallas Stars or Vegas Golden Knights. Well, you think he's needs to, te- to get their attention now? He does. You know what? Because there was some questions about whether or not his lingering hip injury would be uh, prohibitive for teams to maybe go out and get him. But I think when he goes ahead and puts a hat trick yeah. on the ledger, then maybe teams can just say, you know what? This Patrick Kane guy is pretty good. Of course, ultimately, he holds all the cards because he has a no-movement clause, so he would have to approve any trades, any other Can team. Can I have a real quick another one? The awful people out there predicting that the Sox would win 78 games this year. That's my other dirty. How dare they? How dare anybody predict that this team's going to win only 78 or 79 games? How dare I, they? I'm sensing. How dare anybody? I'm sensing just a bit of sarcasm in you there. My dirty, how about, well, maybe we should call Charlie out for saying no football was being played oh, this yeah. past weekend when the XFL, XFL was starting and in the process. Looking, looking nimble, Waddle. How about. XFL. You got to watch Waddle on Twitch as he does the XFL uh, in the fashion that the uh, YMCA is done. It's a full body XFL. It is. Uh, you can always watch X- us on Twitch. F L Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Mike Dirty is actually that ba- Paxton Lynch became the only player in history to be benched in not just the NFL, not just the CFL, but also the USFL and the XFL as he was benched this past weekend. Um, I think this could be it for Paxton Lynch's career in football. Just saying. Kind of dirty. Yeah, it's probably not going to work out for him. former first-round pick for the Denver Broncos. Not going so well when you're benched in the XFL. What do you got for your dirty, Tyler? My dirty was the finish at the Riviera um, out in California this past weekend. Max Homa was down two strokes to John Rahm. And Homa knew he had to play hero ball on the 18th hole, all right? So he tries to go for it and, and stick one close to the pin on his approach shot. He comes up short, so he's he's in the, a little bit of a rough here. And then he knows he has to hole it. He hits it, and he just lipped it out. 
and Rom would have had some pressure to finish out the putt at the end there. So it, we almost had an unbelievable finish at the Riviera. It was still a good finish to the tournament, but that could have made things really was, interesting. What was better it. for you, the ending of that tournament, watching John Rom win in a dramatic fashion, or the fact that Tiger actually finished the entire four rounds? You're saying which was more impressive? Yeah. I would probably say Or Tiger. even, yeah, because Tiger, you weren't like, expecting. We didn't even think Tiger would... Like, we were talking, Waddle, and we were watching the end of Tiger's round on Friday. We didn't think he was going to make the cut. Right. It, it looked out of doubt. It looked in doubt that he was even going to make the cut. And then the fact that he does make the cut, albeit not by his necessarily his own doing, the cut line just moved back a little yeah. bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say Tiger actually finishing the four rounds is, is more impressive. And, Charlie, close us out with your Shut dirty up. for the good, the bad, the dirty. Yeah, so I was going to go with Patrick Kane, but Waddle beat me to it. So how about, how about this? There's a guy on Twitter going viral right now because he was eating a full rack of ribs and sides on a plane. That's dirty. On the plane? Yeah. He, he, Why is that dirty? Because it's quite literally messy. Yeah, but if, as long as you're not wiping your hands on the person I, sitting I next know, to you, what's it's the ribs, difference? You dirty. know what? That's a fair question, though. Is it out of bounds to bring... A food item that is very pungent has a strong aroma on a plane. Where I wouldn't a, call ribs pungent, though. I think barbecue, oh, they can be, barbecue yeah. sauce. Really? Like, oh yeah. Like I bet you the whole plane smelled like ribs. Is that Sugar like a twice vinegar potato together? Here yeah. Too? yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's a no-no. I'm that, more offended by someone who's just that's poor etiquette. I think busting tail the whole time. Busting tail. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I'd rather you sit down and go at it on a. A rack of ribs, then sit over there and and soil yourself. Agreed, but one is, I think, more within your control than the other. Don't you agree? Well, one can also lead to the other, too. Yeah, Yeah, this is true. true. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset if someone sat down and I would themselves some ribs. I think that's out of bounds. We should explore that if you'd like to weigh in. Is yeah, bringing ribs is people. bringing ribs on the plane out of bounds as a passenger or uh, your ribs? Your but seat, it's okay to have like a toy a toy pony there as a <laughs> as a as a as a uh, support animal. Yeah, a support animal. But I can't have my ribs. I can't sit here and break out a thing of ribs. I think both are probably poor plane etiquette if I had to choose. 312-332-3776. We'll also let you hear from Theo Epstein coming up at 5 o'clock. He was on with Cap and Jay Hood earlier today. And Wilson Contreras. He had an interesting revelation with Carmen Yurko. We'll play that next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Anticipate the thing that I would disagree with you most vehemently about today would be what you're allowed what did you or should be allowed. That was going to be. I thought it would be some sports-related conversation, yeah. maybe something regarding. Why do I the say things that weekend. are very, very easily? Uh, I'm just surprised that what we brought up, uh, Charlie's dirty in the last uh, segment. Yeah, I'm not bothered by it. This person, listen, even if even if it is your birthday. I would be a little bit disgusted by the person who is on the plane, either directly next to you or across the aisle, bringing essentially a full rack of lit, uh, rack of ribs and sides, including lots and lots of French fries and what looks to be, I think, a large piece of grilled corn on the cob. 
possibly with some Parmesan or maybe slather it in butter on that corn on the cob. Okay, but so PB has has texted us and said, I said, what is acceptable? PB said a sandwich, a salad, snack, or a pizza. I would say pizza is is every bit the same as the ribs, isn't it? It's a hot with that. item with that's going to pizza? have an aroma, and there could be some messiness. I think pizza pizza's a little bit it's hot and and so it it is going to have a a smell that lingers a bit but pizza doesn't seem as egregious as ribs egregious ribs, in what manner it, like the scent the barbecue it, it's going to basically I love a good barbecue scent some people don't love barbecue I don't and, like body odor <laughs> I don't control that do on other people This is fair I listen I can't you say can that. It can smell a lot worse than some well. But you know it's going to be a tasty ribs. Odor. Like, and here's the thing. I think if this is your plan, you've got to allocate enough time so that you could finish this in the airport. Get to the airport a little okay, bit like, early. Listen, I'm not, I haven't done this. I don't have any plans of doing it. Uh-huh. I'm just not asking for that person to be removed from the plane I'm because they brought some ribs on board. Listen, this is where the world is. We need a little bit of etiquette. Little plain etiquette in this world, man. Yeah, I, I yes. H- hold the door open Be for others. Be considerate of the people around Be you. Be considerate, yes. But if I need to get my ribs, need to get my meal on, I'm going to get my meal on. Carm uh, agrees that ribs on a plane is out of bounds. Seems out of bounds is I what feel, he said. I feel like this is the same. Like the person who brings ribs on the plane is the same person who's going to put their bag in sideways in the overhead. Like it's it's just an inconsiderate. Well, but no, now wait. Move. Bag sideways is a little different. That's that's a more egregious I, foul. I'm saying I think it's like the same person. No, no, that's not more egregious. Of course it is. No. You're keeping Here's me from being able to put my bag up there as opposed to me having to ha- have a little bit of a scent of your ribs. I don't think anybody ever does it intentionally. They put it sideways because they can't get it in long ways, right? Like, like they try and put the bag in overhead, and then it's not going to close if they keep it in, in like the lengthwise. Bag. Yeah, maybe you ought to check your bag. You, sometimes your bag's a little bit. In that. It sounds like you. It sounds like you are guilty <laughs> of bringing gigantic ski bags onto planes. My counsel has advised me to plead the fifth yeah. on this, so I'm going Instead to have of, you to. Know, yeah, I just Listen, got a small plate uh, of ribs on my on is, my tray table. You got three giant bags up there, and I'm. Basically sitting on my own stuff. All right. Everybody has traveled on a plane. What is allowed? What are you allowed to bring onto a plane that is acceptable for your fellow travelers? 312-332-3776. And we also owe you some Theo Epstein sound from Cap'n J. Hood and Willie Contreras, who was on with Carmen Yerko earlier today. We'll do all that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour.